Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm Anxious AF. Welcome back to the podcast. In this week's episode, I talked to actress and writer Melanie Cantaya. Uh, she wrote the book Actor, Writer, Whatever, Essays on My Rise to the Top of the Bottom of the Entertainment Industry. We met at a podcast workshop for New York Women in Film and Television, and uh, she came up to me after I pitched my podcast and handed me her business card and said I should read the free preview of her book on Amazon, and if I liked it, I should have her on the show. And I read it, and I loved it, so I bought the book, and I love the book, so uh, now she's on the podcast. And it was a great conversation. We talked about anxiety in life and anxiety in acting, and uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. And uh, before we get to the chat with Melanie, I just wanted to thank everybody for listening to the show and for sticking with us. I know we're a little bit delayed this week, um, having some sound issues, uh, first-time podcaster problems, uh, just trying to get it right the first time around. Uh, sometimes not so easy, but uh, I want to thank everybody that's stayed listening and that sent me emails or told me in person how much the show's meant to them. So it means a lot to me that it means a lot to you and they can relate to it. And that's all I've ever wanted to do with this show. So yeah, thanks again and enjoy this conversation. How, how does anxiety manifest itself for you? Oh gosh. Yeah, I think I was, I've been anxious my entire life. Um, so I've been, I think I was like a, an introvert. Um, I wasn't in a sort of house where I got a lot of sort of like support in that way. Surprising, I became an actor. Uh, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> what? I mean, it talk about in the books, it's like the secret and, you know, this and that. And this sort of magical thinking, and I think a lot of people rely on that, but I think, like, good old-fashioned science has been really helpful for me um, to not overthink things, be in the moment. It's basically sort of, like, talking yourself down so you don't get to, like, a crazy point where you're in an audition and you can't remember anything, even though you know it pat, or getting to a, uh, a crazy point in your personal life where you're like overthinking a conversation you had with a friend or anything like that. You just have to sort of talk yourself down from that. And there's a couple of books, if I could say, that aren't mine, that I would recommend if you are an anxious person. Um, and that's actually helped me as an actor and ironically have nothing to do with acting. And one of them is Presence by Amy Cuddy, who has the TED Talk on the power pose. Yes. And she mentions a couple of really super excellent things. One being a great way when you're anxious before an audition, performance, interview, is to tell yourself to calm down is almost useless because... One, your brain knows that your heart rate's elevated, that, you know, if you sweat, sweaty pumps, know that all of that arousal state is happening. So if you can somehow manage to tell yourself, I'm getting excited for this. All these are manifestations of excitement. Um, that's really important. Um, and so that's been really helpful. Another thing is to, because I think... Anxious people have a lot of like more negative self-talk than yeah, I would maybe say so, for sure. you know happy-go-lucky people. So it's it's really challenging, sort of those automatic thoughts of I'm doing something wrong in the room. Maybe there's something I'm not seeing. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. It's like no, you have to be like I wouldn't have all these credits 
if I wasn't able to, you know, if that was true, I wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have accomplished the other thing. So kind of like looking at things a different way or logically, because sometimes it's, it's illogical. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really helped. Um, Ellen Langer has a book uh, she, called Mindfulness and Mindfulness for Artists. And she has a lot of things. It's very academic, but a lot of things about just noticing and just sort of bringing yourself into the moment. And that book is, has also been really, really helpful. Well, good, yeah. I'm also trying to make this podcast as a bit of a, not as much of, I didn't really necessarily want it to be like a how-to, but I feel like it's inevitable to kind of help other people by telling stories and by, you know, just seeing what other people have done to sort of like calm everybody else down, mostly me, but, right. <laughs> but also everybody else. Right, and a lot of that circular thinking, like a lot of, you know, you, and you also have to think like, well, maybe some of that anxiety actually serves me. Yeah. You know, you have to just kind of be like, it's a, it's like a buddy. That yeah, you anxiety got with you, pushes. You know, like. I think anxiety pushes you. Yeah. And so, but also it like sort of like, okay, so it prepares you. So coming here, you know, I don't want to be late. So, you know, you, you prepare the MTA, the this, that. You check four different routes. How long is it going to take me to walk? If I decide to do this, what's going to happen? So that kind of anxious sort of thing kind of served me. I got here on the dot <laughs> thanks or if I have a show you're welcome so if I have a show or an audition or some sometimes it kind of that kind of negative kind of imagining everything that can go wrong can kind of like make you prepare for everything that can go wrong and especially like now that you know we're all making our own content and producing things and everything else that's a really helpful skill so that's been that's something else that's helpful I think another thing with the anxiety too it's like it's good that more people are talking about it because you feel so isolated in it and then you're like oh okay it's not everybody but you know it's, it's a good a chunk. lot of people and <laughs> it's you know it's everybody sometimes at some point yeah but you know maybe I'm a bit more frequent but there's other things that come with that too it's uh I think I'm really good at reading facial expressions, which is can be a positive and a negative because any kind of like microaggression, mi- no, microaggression, micro expression, mm, two different things. Yes, very <laughs> different that someone has on their face. They could be thinking, oh, you know, did I lock the door? But you think it's about you and like that kind of thing too can happen. So it's like a, you've got to kind of. That's where, like, sort of, like, the talk of, like, okay, you've got to, like, not keep thinking about that. Well, so I, speaking of that and how, you know, anxiety sort of, like, you're not the only one. Um, I don't know if you've heard about uh, the highly sensitive people phenomenon at all. No. Uh, so and I was reading about this. Um, so I was sort of in a mood one day where I was just, like, I just want to watch, like, a wholesome movie. And I'm, like, a super sensitive person. Right. Like, I cried everything. I'm, like, really sensitive to, like, sound, like loud sounds and yeah, stuff like too. that. Yeah, me too. So I was like, I'm just going to look up, like, wholesome movies for sensitive people. And so I look it up, and then it says, wholesome movies for highly sensitive people. Um, and this woman, the psychologist, wrote a book about it in the 90s. Um, about there's like these 25 traits at least and if you take this quiz online um, if you fit 14 or more of them you're considered highly sensitive and it's not like a disorder or anything it's just a it's a trait that you have it's and a personality type is the, is it's what yeah saying, well, yeah it's, a, it's more of like a personality type um, it's being sensitive to like overly sensitive to criticism 
um, being like uh, loud sounds, like being startled easy, um, like taking everything personally, um, where it gets to be like, you just can't handle any sort of, any criticism at all. But it's like, and it's 100% me. Like I am 16 of those. <laughs> and I was like, really? oh my God. Uh, and then I found out and I started looking at videos on YouTube and, you know, started reading up on it. And there's been studies done that saying there's a, a part in your brain that has more blood flowing through it um, in like the empathy section in your brain. So I didn't know if you identified with that. I but do, except for the... The criticism, yes and no. Well, you also in your book you 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 talk about uh, constructive criticism and constructive criticism loosely, where people are kind of unsol- giving you unsolicited. Yeah, that criticism. I have a a lot of issue with. Yeah, <laughs> and, in your book you can tell. And in every way with the unsolicited. Whereas, but whereas, like when you're at, when I'm asking for it creatively, um, and there's criticism, you know, even I know a lot of actors, and this took me a long time. They would say. The, the casting director would say, you know, try it this way. And it would just completely throw it off. It would take it personally. And that was just, like, absolutely the wrong attitude. It's like they're working with you. You're doing something. They know stuff that you don't know and don't. Whereas, and so, like, I think I'm inured to it professionally when it's solicited within the appropriate context for criticism or redirection. Um, but as far as being overly empathetic yeah I mean like I take on other people's emotions yeah, and if emotions, they're around yeah. you even if you don't know them yeah well like on the subway mm-hmm. and it's a perfect stranger but they're in some sort of distress or yeah. anything or a couple arguing on the street like I, I can feel that which is kind of rough in New York because mm. we're all there's bumping. so many emotions in New York a lot of feelings a here. A lot of feels here. No. I also have this thing where it's it's, it's funny because I, I feel like I come across kind of gruff, sort of with sharp elbows, and uh, I definitely have, like, resting bitch face. Mm. Which, you know, I don't mind. And, <laughs> but people tell me, like, people I don't know tell me a lot of stuff. <laughs> like their life story? Yeah. Kind of stuff? Like personal, personal, personal stuff. And then how do you take that? It's, like, I'm already an empath... Like, I already feel so much. It's, like, too much for me. It's, like, the most... It's a big repellent. It's, like, one reason I can never live in Northern California. Because it's just, like, it's just, like, too much information. Like, I can't handle it. And it's so funny because I've chosen this really sort of public... You know, this... Where, you know, you're putting yourself out there and you're interacting. And there's times I have to be really social. I think... I have these really dramatic sides between, like, I'm both an extreme extrovert mm. and an extreme introvert. Yeah. To the, to the, both to ex- two extremes, but, and there's no in-between, I don't think, for me. Yeah. But that you acknowledge that both are part of you, I think, is a yeah. big thing. Yeah. Um, also, one thing I wanted to, what I liked about your book is you talk about how people are too scared to to try after a certain point and and they give up. I think fear is such a big part of anxiety and and fear to fail is such a big part of it. Or to start. Or to start, yeah. yeah. And just like, uh, you know, uh, from personal experience, just thinking that um, I used to sing in high school and a little bit in college, but I didn't, my parents were always like, you're never going to, you know, you're never going to get a job. You're going to be a waitress your whole life. Like, you're not going to sing. Like, get out of here. And so that, 
fear that, oh, so what? It's not going to happen for me anyway, so I'm not going to try. And so that stopped me from doing that. Right. And so, and it's just been a constant, like, well, no one's going to love me anyway, so I'm not going to go out and date somebody. Like, it's just that mentality Things really spoke I, to the, me. Yeah. And just, like, being, trying to, trying to think into the future and, and then why a lot of people don't continue to act or don't start to act um, from that standpoint. And I wanted to see if you, I mean, obviously or I think there's it. another problem too, is where it's time to hang it up because you're yeah. just getting bitter. Um, yeah. Well, you don't even enjoy it. Anymore. You're not even enjoying it. You don't enjoy the hustle. Maybe there's something else out there that you enjoy, but there's something about your ego and something so tied into your identity of being an actor that you can't give it up. I mean, I might be one of those people, but I'm not bitter. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you I'm know still it's really coming. happy. You know, um, I don't know if there's, you know, I don't, I don't know what else I'm going to do, but I'm like, you know what, you know, if I'm going to have to do dinner theater in Hoboken, that's where it's going to go. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, all right, like I'll deal with it. Um, so, but I, and I'm going to like, but if I ever got to a point where I had a bad attitude or got resentful, it's time to quit too. Yeah. So it's on both ends to know, know what's going to, you know, at the end of the day, what are you going to do that you're going to feel good about yourself and feel like, you know, you put some time in and and what's your commitment to. Um, but I think in both of those scenarios, the worst thing that happens is, like, just resentment. You know, resentment that I didn't do it. And, and some of those, some people turn that resentment outward and then some people turn that resentment inward yeah towards themselves um and let it sort of like grow tentacles and just to kind of you know there's all these chances and regret that we've had and you know as much as there's so many things that I look back on now and I'm like you know I should have taken that shot I should have done this I should have done that and some things I'm like I'm like uh, you're being a little too hard on yourself but it's just at the end of the day I think it's like you can't if any kind of like seed of resentment starts to plant itself. That's when Creep it's in. time to like hang it up. Yeah, yeah, or or to give it a shot. And you clearly Either still way. enjoy it, from what I'm. Oh what yeah, I'm I mean, I feel like it's my vocation and it's my profession or calling. Um, to tell stories in uh, either as the performer or as a writer or in that capacity, like this is my industry, this is what I do. Yeah. So yeah. So what's up for you now after, besides okay. the web series? So we're doing the web series, which is sort of uh, a fresh take or our take on movie genres. So that's that. And I am just around the corner here. I'm going to be hosting the Facebook Live red carpet interviews for. New York Women in Film and Television's Red Carpet Gala. Fancy. Uh, which is for, it's called Designing Women. So it honors women who are makeup artists and designers and hairstylists in the industry and how they sort of transform characters and help with the story. So it's a really super fun event and it's uh, really well attended and full of just warmth and warm fuzzies and I really enjoy it. And women. And women, yes, celebrating women in the history. I mean, I think that uh, I, I have anxiety about this issue is that unfortunately sometimes when occupations are dominated by women, like in the TV industry, it's makeup and hair and wardrobe, um, they don't get quite the recognition that they deserve. I feel like 
you know, just like cinematographers, like these these women in design, you know, yeah. makes such a huge contribution to everything you see. Absolutely. One of the other things I wanted to, that I really, uh, that kind of opened me up a little bit in your book was you talked about um, basically people believing that if they only work harder, that it will pay off in the end. And, and, and it was like, but actually makes you more stressed and can lead you to right. living a more that was an life. Yeah, that was an actual study. Um, yeah. Gosh, I wish I could remember the the scientist. How did you sort of, did you come to that? Or was it just, that's, do you just ran into that study somehow? Or did you experience it It was, life? I think it was mentioned either, I want to say in Robert Sapolsky's book. He's mm-hmm. a, so, a sociologist, no, he's a, he teaches at Stanford. Anthropology, sociology, I don't know. But it was in that book, I believe. It was called John Henry Syndrome, and it affected mostly African-American males who thought that if they just kind of bought into the American dream, if you just worked hard enough, it would it would do, you know, better in life. I should be better. And so they kind of turned it inward and didn't take, you know, race being born into whatever family they were born into or any of their life circumstances to kind of give themselves a break. And that it was that belief that they were at fault for things not happening. Um, And that's something, speaking of anxiety, that's something I struggle with, is that when it comes to certain situations where I don't think I got that, you know, I think I didn't get that opportunity. Like, I wonder if it had to do with being a woman or being a person of color. You have to kind of give yourself a break and say, you know what? there are certain circumstances that I point to, but you can't dwell on it. You kind of have to like understand that it's the circumstance that you live in. It's kind of like that balance between being realistic and saying, yeah, things might be a little bit harder for me and still have that balance of, I can't let that affect me regardless. You know, we still have to work twice as hard, mm. but, but I can't like be self-loathing. You, do you know what I mean? And when things don't work out, but then I don't want to go to like, bitterness land either yeah you're trying to find that find that like kind of like chill medium where it's like you know i'm taking all of it into account so yeah but yeah i think uh that's that's the that's the good way to end it because it's just like find your happy medium but thank you so much for doing this this is awesome for having me i really enjoyed it so plug yourself where can people find you on the social media Okay, so on Twitter, I am actor, writer, WTVR, at. Um, on Instagram, I am at my name. And you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm pretty Googleable. You put can Google it, her. Google me. I'll put, I'll put all her links. And my book is uh, available at Amazon. And it you is. Can ask for it at your favorite local bookseller. Yeah, there you go. And I'll put all the links uh, in description if you guys are interested thank you so much again i really appreciate it thanks for having me all right that was my chat with melanie cantaya you can find the links to her social media in the description box If you're interested in the highly sensitive conversation we're having, you can go to hsperson.com to take the quiz to see if you fit the traits of a highly sensitive person. I took it and I fit like 16 of the 25. So I think it's if you're over 14, you're a highly sensitive person. So uh, you can also check out the book 
The Highly Sensitive Person by Elaine Aaron, if you want to read further. Uh, follow us on social media at Anxious AF Show and on our website, anxiousafshow.com. Subscribe to the show, rate and review it. Send us an email at anxiousafshow at gmail.com for feedback, guest suggestions, or with stories of your own. Music for this episode and for all the episodes are by Garrett Rose. The link to his work is in the description box. We were edited and mixed, as always, by Brian Castillo. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.